Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Amen. Good morning, Lighthouse of Hope Church. How y'all doing this morning? Man. Wow. I can hear y'all. 8 a.m. better pick it up, man. Y'all are, y'all are ready to go, man. Worship was amazing this morning. Did you enjoy that? Hope you enjoyed it. Um, God is so good and he's ready to speak to you. Man, he's, God has been waiting for this moment that you would take a second, take a few moments, sometimes longer than others, and listen to him. Put everything else aside, all the distractions, all the weight, all the cares, and say, God, would you speak to me? And what I believe today is that this is the greatest message, not mine, his message, is the greatest message of all time. And just a word could change your life. Just a word could change everything for you. And I'm believing that. I was praying coming to church this morning. And I was saying to God, God, thank you that this is such a great message. The gospel message. Sharing about Jesus, he makes it so easy because God is so faithful. God is so loving. God is so good. And it's easy to share the good things. It's good news, people. Oh, and the message refreshes you. It lifts your soul. It awakens you to life. It awakens you as Jesus brought Zoe eternal life. It awakens you even now to it. We want the will of God. We talked about it last week. If you're listening, if you're watching online, and if you haven't heard part one, well, you can't do it. I would say go and listen to it. But if you're listening to the podcast, listen to part one first, Nurtured in the Spell. Did the Lord speak to you last week? Somebody say amen if the Lord spoke to you. Awesome, wonderful. Part two on the will of God, and this will be the conclusion, but we're gonna continue to walk with the will of God. Right? We need the will of God. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. (laughs) We used to sing about it. I've decided to follow Jesus. No matter what is ahead, no matter what it looks like on the other side. I've decided, come on, someone needs to stand on that again. I've decided I'm going to let the enemy, hey, you can't say, it doesn't matter what my life looks like. It doesn't matter the answer that I've yet to receive. It doesn't matter the waiting period that I'm in right now. I've decided, no matter what it looks like, to follow Jesus, no turning back. What's the other one? And the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 again, and we can all stand. Let's all stand together. And I want us to read the second half of this again. Matthew 
Today, we're going to talk about being indifferent. You say, Dustin, you're going to talk about being indifferent. I know you're not indifferent about anything in your life. If you know me, I'm so passionate, so kind of focused, and uh, I'm going to tell you why I'm indifferent today (laughs) about some things that I feel like God wants you to be indifferent about. Is that cool? All right, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to just do verse 9. Verse 9 and 10, and uh, I'm, let's all read this together. That sound good? Let's, let's try it out. Verse 9, say, I'm there. I'm there. Cool. This then is how you should pray, everyone. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everyone say amen. Amen. Give someone a high five and you may be seated. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. Now Now tell the other person you didn't give a high five. I'm sorry and I'll give you a high five too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. Because we want everybody to feel accepted. It's like that. If you're not with someone, it's like, who do I turn to? And you turn to the one, you're like, oh, no, I left them behind. But I got you. I feel you. Your kingdom. Everyone say, your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will. Everyone say, your will. This is what we want. This is what we want. But now, what that looks like and how that works itself out is different for all of us. In each of our lives, we all have, in essence, a cross to bear. We all have a story to tell. We all have a journey that we go through, some easier than others, some harder than others. But, but we don't know. I haven't been in your shoes, and you haven't been in mine. I want to tell you today about the importance in every decision that we make and the way that we walk to take a next step farther from nurtured in the spell with that in mind that the enemy can easily uh, influence you and indoctrinate and and try try to tear you down and change the way you view your God and your Father and influence you. But with that said, moving into understanding now, God, which way do I walk? Which way do I go? And I believe it's so important in the midst of our decisions to have this spirit of indifference this spirit of either way lord i'll follow you this spirit of whatever outcome whatever promotion whatever platform i have whatever decision i make how i walk god either way let your will be done so i don't know where you are maybe you're in a fork in the road Maybe you have some pretty heavy decisions to make or or maybe you're just living every day and you wake up in the morning and you ask the Lord to lead you. Wherever you are, God doesn't call you to have the answers. He just calls you to trust, okay? Calls you to trust and be a child. I feel like a lot of times, if you're like me, like, God, just tell me. God, God, just tell me when. God... I'm struggling. I, I just, God, can you text me? Like, you, you, got, you got my number. I, I'm reminded of, uh, I had a message a few years back in the youth. Uh, a lot of the youth remember that. I don't even think they remember what I said. But the message was entitled, Up to You. 
And it came from, I was asking my wife what I should do and in this situation, that I can't remember. You know what she responded? They bother me so bad. Up to you. Not even Y-O-U, up to you. <laughs> I'm like, just, just tell me, right? And that, that, I don't know, it bothers me so much. My wife just trusts me, I guess, to make the right decision. I'm like, just tell me. And last night she was cutting my neck. That's what, anyone else? So you don't have to buy another haircut. They like, my wife cuts my neck for me. And I was asking, I was like, should I shave for tomorrow or not? Because I'm, I'm a weirdo, I guess. And she's like, what'd she say? <laughs> I said, now, are you kidding me? I'm going to share that. <laughs> up to you. Up to you. No, you tell me. So I didn't shave anyways, but I uh, <laughs> hope that's all right with you. Um, the reality is, I think a lot of times we want affirmation. We want someone to tell us, but we really know. We already know. And, and to my wife, she's like, you already know what you want to do. You already know. And let, let me tell you, sometimes we ask God for answers. We ask God for that. And I th th think that's good. We need to have a prayer life. We need to listen to him. But you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And you, you don't need affirmation with all these outside voices. We want it. Lord, show me a sign. Is that DMX or Lord, see me, me a sign. Anyways, yeah, like we want a sign. <laughs> we want a sign and everything. But you got the Holy Spirit inside of you. And sometimes I think God's just a little bit quiet sometimes because he wants, you got the Holy Spirit inside of you, man. Tap into what's downloaded deep inside of you. What's he have to say? The reality is, I think sometimes we know, but we just like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. God, are you, are you sure? Tell me. Are you sure that cross is where I have to go? Or is there any other way? But you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and I'm going to challenge you today to get out of your comfort zone and go for it and trust in your heavenly Father. Trust in God today. Scripture says lean not on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will light a path before you. His word, his, what he's speaking to you is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Would you trust him today? Would you trust him in the midst of your unanswered questions? Would you trust him in the midst of your waiting game, in the midst of being patient and him preparing you? Would you trust him? And Lord, in this, wanting your will, God, we have to be present. We have to be here. Like we plan and we, we want to plan and we want to look ahead and all these things, right? The man plans, but the Lord establishes. But what Jesus was, was Jesus was so present every day. He was present in this city and he was present in that city and he was present in the interruptions in between. How about you today? Are you just ready to eat something? Are you present with the Lord? Have you came this morning not just to be ministered to, but to minister? Has your heart been open and ready to, to, to have your eyes open to who can you touch? Who can you give a high five to? Who can you speak a word to that would encourage them? I don't know. God wants you to be open, not just be a, contribute, a, a consumer, but be a contributor today. But help us to be present and not just looking ahead. 
James 4 writes this about the will of God. If you want to open there in your word or just write it down in your notes because we're all writing notes after my conversation I had with you last week. Everyone's writing notes now. I just hit you straight. Straight shooter. Yeah, laugh. It's funny. I, yeah, I like yelled at you last week, I think, but sorry. <laughs> James 4 says this. I love you turning in your Bible. I'm sorry if I get done before you get there, but here we go. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there and carry on business and make money. This is verse 14 of chapter 4 in James. Why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead... You ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If it is the Lord's will. I think this is so ingrained in our culture. And it's, it's, not like, it's not necessarily a bad thing that we're so focused ahead. We have our five-year plan. We have our 10-year plan. We have our 20-year plan. But scripture tells us we, just, we don't even know what will happen tomorrow. And my personality, the way that I am, I'm a big dreamer. And I'm like, God, show me 20 years from now. Show me what it's going to look like. And I'm excited. But when I got married and started having kids, I started to realize how fast things are going. And I'm like, you better start being present or you're going to miss it all. Right? The most important thing you have to do is what God's given in your hands today. And that's what you're called to steward. And you'll stand before him at the end and he will, he will say, as a good and loving, perfect father, he'll say, what would you, what, son, what have you done with what I've given you? Not how, how focused were you ahead in the 20-year plan and stuff and that's great, you made a million bucks. That's awesome. Part of that's stewarding, but you understand what I'm saying? Present in the moment, trusting the Lord, not ourselves. Something I passed over last week due to time, but I want, I want to get this down, is the enemy, if he can't get you to turn to the right, or turn around, he'll get you to be distracted. And that's what he does to a lot of us. That's what he does in this culture. And even some of us, I've had this, have you? When you're reading the Bible, he'll tell you you should be praying. <laughs> I promise you, I've been, well, you sh you're not praying enough. Well, then you're praying and you should be in the word. <laughs> Anyone else? Am I just crazy? You're working here. You should be working there. And Jesus was always present. So what the enemy does versus the Lord, the Lord wants us to be present. If we kept reading the Lord's prayer, he would say, give us this day our daily bread. God wants us to be present. Jesus was present. The enemy wants us to be aimless and anxious. The Lord wants us to be filled with purpose. The enemy wants us to be distracted with temporary pleasure and, and passivity. That at seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. That man, I got a purpose ahead and I can't waste my time with some of the enemy's workings. I can't be distracted by him. I'm filled with purpose and I know that at his right hand are my pleasures forevermore. I'm fixed and I'm set on pilgrimage. I'm set on a journey. Purpose versus pleasure. How about patience versus pushing? 
The Lord wants us to have patience and the enemy wants us to he'll push you, push you. Gotta go. Not doing enough, not, not praying enough, not reading enough. He's gonna push you in the Lord. Patience and prudence. The Lord, preparation, the enemy, promotion, or the flesh, whatever you want to call it. It's not a bad thing to want to be promoted. But if it's at the expense of you getting choked out like the plant that, that goes up too quick that doesn't have a root, it's not worth it. That's something in my season that I've been praying God about. I don't want to be that plant that everybody sees. And oh, you look so pretty. And then the wind and the waves come and the storm comes and the deceitfulness of the world comes and it chokes the plant and then it has nothing. So God, prepare me. I know this is a hard prayer, but this is what I've been praying. God, as long as it takes to prepare me, prepare me. And that's what the Lord wants to do to you. And then the final thing, which, which I think is key to walking in the will of God in this message part two of indifference is this, a soft heart versus a hard heart. Key to walking in the will of God is having a soft heart. God told him what he was going to do to Ezekiel. That he was going to take out the hearts of stone and give them hearts of flesh. Hearts that would be pliable. Means easily influenced. And hearts that would be palpable. Able to be touched and felt. I don't want you to have a hard heart. And you know you can come to church and with a calloused, stony heart and be so judgmental and so skeptical and unable to receive a word from the sweetest old lady in the room that has Jesus gushing out of her veins. There's some in here. Susie just laughed. It's her too. Yeah, it's her. <laughs> Susie, you're young though, so I guess that doesn't fit for you. So, man, I just I just want to stop here right now because this is this is key. Your heart is key. Your heart is key. Your heart is key to walking in the will of God. Not be tortured your whole life and callous to the things of God because you're trying to live with God but not with God and live according to your plans partially partially his and you know what it does it, it creates a calloused and stony heart when things don't work out when all God wanted you to do was just just trust him just walk with him and this soft heart can take you to this place where I think all mature believers should be is this place of indifference where we say, either way, Lord, either way, I will follow you. This takes great wisdom, discernment, humility, and patience. And it comes from a soft heart. I didn't say knowledge. I didn't say intellect. And that stuff's important. But I said it comes from a soft heart. So we pray, soften our hearts, Lord. Come on, can we just pray right now? God, would you soften our hearts so that we can receive everything that you have for us? God, what you're saying to us, you're speaking right now. You're working right now. Help us to be sensitive to it. 
God, do what you've come to do in Jesus' name, amen. So what I mean by indifference, and like I said at the beginning, I kind of joked about, Dustin, are you indifferent about anything? Um, uh, there's, there's some things. Um, yeah, I'll leave that off to the side. What I don't mean, we are supposed to be passionate for the things of God, amen? Not indifferent. <laughs> We're supposed to be zealous, excited and anticipation have certainty and be in faith of what God is going to do God is so faithful so we're not supposed to have apathy or disinterest that's not what I'm talking about but I'm talking about getting to this place in the spirit about the things of God and uh, your plans and, and your will and the things you want to happen and get to this place of either way Either way, whatever decision, either way, your will be done. And I got this from Ignatius of Loyola. He talked about this. And let me just share what he taught. Is that cool? Say, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Ignatius taught, Ignatius of Loyola taught that the degree to which we are open to any outcome or answer from God is the degree to which we are ready to really hear what God has to say. <laughs> I'll read it again. Some of us, okay, are a little slower. That's fine. That's fine. That's cool. <laughs> Ignatius taught that the degree to which we are open to any outcome or answer from God is the degree to which we are ready to really hear what God has to say. If we are clutching or overly attached to one outcome versus another, we won't hear God clearly. Our spiritual ears will be deafened by the racket of our disordered loves, fears, and attachments. In such a state, it is almost a foregone conclusion that we will confuse our will with God's. Ignatius considered this place true spiritual freedom. Indifference. So you leave and people say, how was the message? Indifferent. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Wow, you must, that bad, huh? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> this is a book I read, I've read before. I like to read it every single year. And I say it's called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And he's got a chapter on decision-making um, by Peter Scazzaro. It's a great book. And the women, actually, this Wednesday are going to read the his uh, wife's book, Emotionally Healthy Woman, and I'm kind of jealous. So if you want to be a part of that, there's a sign-up sheet outside, shameless plug, that uh, you can join us there. Well, not me, but join the women. That's going to be really good. But he talks about this indifference in that chapter, and he's, he's, he says this. This is Peter Scazzaro, Jerry's husband. Making plans for God without listening to him has been standard practice for thousands of years. But we just plan ahead. We just do it. We don't listen. We don't stop and wait because everything has to be so fast and we have to figure it all out. We have to put all the puzzle pieces together. And he talks about Abraham and Sarah that when they were promised the son, you know, it took 11 years until their son Isaac and, you know, what happened because the, you know not not being patient 
Moses killing the Egyptian. He wanted to set his people free, but taking matters into his own hands. And again, when you step out of the will of God into your own flesh, into your own world and your own working, and things don't work out, your heart can become callous to the things of God. You're saying I want the will of God, but then we're, we're acting and we're not listening to him. And then our hearts, now, now and then we, then we blame God for something he never said. And our hearts can become callous when it doesn't work. God, you said you would come through. God, you said, you said, God, you said. Let me tell you, when God says, you'll see it. His word won't return void. It'll do what it set out to do. Or, so if it doesn't work, or it does work and we're left with the consequences of our actions. We've stepped out and we said, God told me so, and now here we are. But how we get back is back to the posture of having a soft heart. Somebody say amen. Help us to return today that some of you are in that boat right now and you're like, Dustin, how do I shake this off? I'm so hardened. I don't believe God anymore. I don't trust in him. I've tried it my way. Man, just return. The Bible says repent. Change your mind. Change your view about God. Change your view about yourself in the world and trust him again and watch what he does. He will take out. Come on, somebody. He will take out that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh so that you can feel again and be moved again and be influenced by him we want to be sensitive to your leading we want to be sensitive to your voice whatever it looks like but we need a soft heart it's it's core to our being it's core to walking in the will of God. So in the 12th century, Abbot Bernard of Clairvaux wrote this warning to one of his monk's disciples, Eugene III, who had recently been made the Pope. He said this, I'm afraid that you would despair of an end to the many demands that are made upon you and become, there's the word, calloused. It would be much wiser to remove yourself from these distractions, remove yourself, even though you feel like you have to, remove yourself from these demands, even for a while, than to allow yourself to be distracted by them and led little by little, where you certainly do not want to go, where? To a hard heart. Do not go on to ask what that is, if you have not been terrified by it, it is yours already. Jesus was such a great example of walking in the will of God. He lived perfectly, didn't he? Perfectly. Thank you, Jesus. Come after him, follow him, imitate him. Paul would imitate Christ. Plus to practice the way of Jesus. We come and we are apprentices of Jesus. We follow Jesus. We are led by Jesus. We are his, as some say, his disciples. And Hebrews 5 says this, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, 
He offered up prayers and petitions. I've done this before in one of my messages where Jesus is surrounded by a crowd and then he'll, he'll go to a secluded place. Jesus is doing this or that and then he'll go up on a mountainside and he'll stay and he'll pray all night. And Jesus was constantly seeking the will of God. Jesus constantly had to remove himself and to find his center, which is his father. And during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries. This is Jesus in tears. You ever been there? Fervent cries and tears. This is Jesus, the son of God in the perfect will of God to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of what? His heart posture. He was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from the tension. He learned obedience from the struggle. He learned what the will of God was from what he suffered, what he had to go through, the cross that he had to bear both physically and uh, figuratively. He learned obedience from what has been suffered. He said this in John 4, 34. I read this this week and I figured I'd throw this in to you for extra credit. But Jesus said, my food, my nourishment is to do the will of him who sent me. You're parched, you're empty, you're hungry. They're doing the will of God. Start, start, get in. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and watch you be filled. Watch you be restored. Watch you be lifted up and help replenish your soul. It's to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So, moving forward and going to conclude here soon. <laughs> Lord willing, I will, I will conclude here soon. Sometimes I think when we're talking about the will of God, we can overcomplicate things. And um, I'm not here to bash Growth Track's leader. You know, he's got a lot of good. <laughs> that was me, by the way. That's me. <laughs> but, but sometimes, you know, we get so consumed with like, what is my gift? What is my function? You know, what's, and that's so, that's so important. There's a place for that. And there's a place in our church. This is part of our core values is finding your function, finding who you are. But don't, don't get bogged down over it. What I think where you should start is what is God's will for the earth and how can I get in on that? What it, right? What is God doing? What did Jesus do? It was the perfect will of God. Now how that fleshes itself out, how that works in the when, where, and how, we'll figure that out. But what I want to know, Dustin, is what is God's will? And what does that encompass? What does that look like? Let's talk about a few things that is God's will and that we should get in on. Sound cool? God's will. Number one was to seek and to save that which was lost. In other words, love. Love all people. As Bob Goff says, draw a circle around everybody and say, you're in, we'll start there. Because you're a child of God. You're made in the image of God. So let's start there, let's love. And the Bible tells us we should seek and to save. So at our work, at job, we should, we should seek, seek and save. Eyes up, eyes open to those 
around us, Lord. Help us to have a heart full of this, a heart full of love, that we would love our enemies, that we would love those who persecute us, as Jesus said. And God, that we would, as you did, we would leave the 99 to find the one, the person that everybody's written off, the outcast that doesn't fit in. God, that we would wrap our arms wide like you did on that tree to say, whosoever will come, whosoever wants to, we wrap our arms around you, man, and we say, you are welcome welcome here. You are welcome here. Amen. That's God's will. Yeah. Despite what you've heard, that, that's God's will. No matter how you look, what you dressed up in today, how you got fixed up, whether you're wearing makeup or not, whether your hair looks good or not, whatever. <laughs> Wrap your arms around you. You're welcome here. Come on. Somebody testify and agree with me. Come on, where the church, church folk out at? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome here. Serve and give a life as a ransom for many. Now, we're not giving our lives for the sins of the world, but we should model, because Jesus said, if any man come after me and follow me, he should take up his cross and follow me. So we're called to serve. As all believers, we're called to serve. And you can come to me, Dustin, I don't know what to do, but here's these hands. I can take out the trash. I can do it. I know that God's will is for me to serve and to give my life. Man, when I stand before God, I don't want anything left. Right? Oh, I don't want anything left, Lord. Pour me out, as the song says. Pour me out, Lord. Like the lady with the perfume. I want my life to look like that. Even if people say, he's wasting his life. He's wasting his gift. Man, it's going to be worth it when I see you face to face, Jesus. Pour me out. Pour me out. I'll carry my cross. I want to serve and I want to give my life for you. I want to give my gift even when I don't feel like it. I want to use whatever God's given me and steward it for his kingdom and his purpose. Don't you? Come on, I know you do. Number three, this. And, and this has been, man, the spell has influenced this crazy and I don't understand it. God is willing, God is willing to heal Whether it be today, tomorrow, or in heaven. This be God's will. If it be physical, which we say amen. Whether it be spiritual, whether it be a reconciliation, whether it be a restoration or a replenishment or a refreshing, God is in the works of healing your soul, of healing your mind from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. He's in the healing business. Come on, somebody. So we should walk in hope and authority and compassion. Jesus in Matthew 8, verse 3, stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. This word, I am willing, this is thelo. It means he has it in his mind. It is his will. He takes delight and pleasure in it. Now I know what the enemy said. I know what he said. You said. He said, you've yet to see it. God's holding out on you. You've yet to see it. 
and you need to tell him he's a liar and you say I would have lost hope but I believe I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living I will see the goodness of the Lord and I will testify of his faithfulness through the ages come on he's the rock of ages he's the ancient of days he's the king of kings and there's no one like him come on he's faithful he's faithful he's faithful he is 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 faithful somebody didn't get it he's faithful he's faithful he's faithful even when you're faithless he remains faithful because he can't disown himself that's who he is that's who he is And the other thing he wants to do, he wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. You say, Dustin, you share this every time you preach. And I'm going to keep doing it until the Lord tells me not to. Because he don't want to just pixie dust us. He don't want to just trickle it down. He wants to pour like a waterfall, baby. You better be ready. Come on. Come on, Pastor Tim, don't bring your Dixie cup. We, we, need, we need to bring our pools, baby. I'm bringing my pool. I'm soaking it up. <laughs> Give me a pool. <laughs> Give me a pool. We're going to swim. We're going to drink up. Pour out my spirit on all flesh. I love this. That when they say this in Acts 2.17, in Acts 2.1, they're all in one place, one heart, one accord. And this is so crucial because if the spell hasn't done anything, what it's done is tried to bring a, a dividing wall of hostility between us when there's no dividing wall of hostility. And you say, what are you talking about? We have a beautiful church and our church is healthy. And I agree with that. But you know what? What about the the other colors? What about the black? What about the white? What about the Asian? What about all all God's family? What about every tribe? What about every tongue? What about every person? That's what I want my church to look like. Because it's it's until then. It's until then. Because he wants to pour his spirit out. Not just on a white church. Not just on a black church. Not just on an Asian church. On his church. Come on somebody. That's what he wants to do. And it will be like a waterfall. And we won't even be able to take it in. We'll be like, man, what, what's going on? What's happening? The Lord is pouring out his spirit on us. And what we've decided to do is just trust in Jesus and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love. And we want, we want to welcome. We're, our doors are open, baby. Acts 2 says this, and it shall be in the last days, as we're in the last days, and, and however long that will be, that's where we are right now, that I will pour forth, I will pour forth, I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters, come on, are going to prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men will not be left out, for they will see dream, they will dream dreams, come on, whoo! Praise. Praise the Lord. But when, where, and how, how this looks and fleshes itself out will look different and it'll be according to his presence and his timing. 
See, Moses knew the Exodus. God promised him. It was the dream and he had seen it and it was in his heart and it aligned with God's heart. But how, where, and when was up to the Lord and it was a slow someone pick it up so long process <laughs> before he ever ever saw any I mean 40 years I, guys I'm turning 30 in like two weeks this is crazy Hey, yeah, that's crazy. I haven't lived one of Moses' 40-year stints. 40 years, and then in the wilderness, 40 years. You heard what I said, right? In 40 years. Moses is one of the most well-known prophets in the history of the world. People know him, but people wouldn't want to be him. You're talking about timing. We're talking about microwave Christianity that we've been ingrained, that we, we do, right? 20-second Pop-Tart. Here we go. <laughs> it was a slow, long process. You know, even to get to the place we are as a church right now, it's been a slow process. And as I was preparing this message, I thought about the plowing people before me. And I thought that I would honor some people. I thought that I would honor Pastor Tim for what he's plowed when there was no path. And people that have stayed with him and stayed with us and stayed with the family. So little kids like Dustin, little kids like Devin and people that are leading the church now that we would have a path before us, that we, in essence, would have an easy road. But the other day, I was holding my baby jet, and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, that Dustin, you will have to plow through territory yet to have even been plowed. That you will have to trailblaze ahead farther than anyone's gone before. Are you willing? That Dustin, you're on, you're in the forest and you're walking through and you see the path and now the path's ended and all you see ahead is woods and the Lord says, make a path. Go ahead, trailblaze son because your sons and your daughters are behind you and you gotta go for it. You gotta go for it. And you need to seek the will. You need to seek the will of God, I'm telling you. And I'm telling you, there's going to be people, I read it, I read it this week, and God, there's going to be people like Gideon. And you're saying, God, where, where's the God of my ancestors? You showed up for them, you showed up, and I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm not, and God says, I am with you, Gideon. I'm sending you. Go in strength. I am with you. 
Go in strength. And there's some kids, there's some young people, my age and younger, that you got a fire shut up in your bones and God is calling you like Gideon. Go, man, go. Go in this strength that I've given you and don't be afraid. Don't bow and don't budge to the sway. Give a great amen. Come on, give them praise. I'm sending you. I'm sending you. There's been a hard labor before you, but now there's a hard labor. Will you step into it? We need to have the spirit and the mindset of Moses. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, the Lord replied, Moses saying, oh God, if I go, or where have I go? Who's gonna go with me? And, and God says, my presence, my presence, my presence, my presence, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, come on, young person, if your presence does not go with us, I'm not going. I'm not going. And then they ended up doing this in Numbers chapter 9. This is what the Israelites did. This was their church service. Whenever the cloud, the cloud was the glory. The cloud was manifestation of God's presence. Whenever the cloud lifted from over the tent, then the Israelites would set out. And in the place where the cloud settled down, the Israelites would camp. At the command of the Lord, the Israelites would set out. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. I pray that people would be so consumed with Jesus, so consumed with the love for the Father, that they say, either way, Lord, either way, I want your will to be done. Whatever decision, Lord, either way, and before you even ask, my answer is yes. Before you ask, my answer is yes, because I trust your heart, I trust your will, I trust your plan, I trust your way. This takes great God's wisdom and discernment to listen and trust, to step out into the unknown, still with him and in his presence, knowing that when you step out again, he's the faithful one. First Thessalonians 5:24, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. Know that as you're walking in his will, it ain't all on you. He's faithful and he's the one that will do it. Yeah, yeah. He's faithful. So as we finish, can we stand and the band could come. And I just want to have a couple moments in the presence of the Lord. And I want to, I want to encourage your heart. We so want the will of God. I so want the will of God. I just, I, man, I, I call me an idealist, but I just couldn't imagine a church family that, with, with soft hearts, tenderized hearts, listening to the Lord and being indifferent like either way. What could happen with everybody coming? Just like, God, we want your will to be done. God, we want your kingdom to come. What a beautiful picture. What a powerful thing that would be. He's so influential. So as I was finishing this message, man, I, I, I couldn't help, I couldn't help but think about Jesus. And I want to encourage people that you want the will of God to happen. Everyone says amen. And then you pray the prayer 
You go to the altar, you bow your face, and then you leave. And I'm just saying, it's, I've been there, all hell breaks loose. You ever been there? You're like, I literally just prayed, God, your will be done. I literally, I, I felt, I knew, and I know that I'm in God's will. What, what in the world? And sometimes we can get it in our minds, these preconceived ideas or whatever it might be of what God's will actually looks like, how it actually fleshes itself out. And so let's look at the most crucial moment of Jesus' life. Let's just go there in Luke chapter 22. And this is where we're going to end. Jesus went out as usual. You guys know the story. To the Mount of Olives, the oil press. The oil press, Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into the spell. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. And if Jesus needed to pray, we need to pray. But this is the most crucial moment of his life. And he says, Father, this is the indifference. Father, if you are, don't miss this, don't miss this. If you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours. But yours be done. Praise the prayer. In the per is he not in the perfect will of God? Then what happens? Then what happens? An angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthened him. Yes, awesome. And being in anguish. Are you in anguish? That don't mean you're outside the will of God. Are you struggling in the tension? That don't mean you're far from God. It might just mean you're in the exact perfect will, exactly where he wants you, at the exact time he wants you to be there. He prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer, he went back to the disciples. He found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. This is him. This is your savior. This is the perfect will of God. And while he was still speaking, a crowd came up and the man who was called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. His best friend betrayed him. You ever been there? Was he outside the will of God? I'm not saying Judas was in the will of God. I'm saying this man, Jesus, was in the will of God. And he kissed him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Now let me show you what it looked like after he prayed the prayer. Can I? Can I show you what it looked like? I mean, come on, church. Like, we have these preconceived ideas about the will of God, and if it doesn't look like this, doesn't look this way or that, we're outside of the. Can I tell you what the will of God?
But the story didn't end that way. The glory that came of it. The glory that came of it. The fruit that came from it. The fruit that came from the struggle. The fruit that came from your cross. The glory that came from his blood that was shed so that us nobodies could find life and have it more abundantly is anything else worth choosing that over him it's not it's no match it's no match for his timing his purpose his way oh the glory the present suffering is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed so here's what I say don't give up don't give up don't give up and don't give in so in that context of the will of God don't worry about your life <laughs> next what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body what you wear is not life more than food and the body more than the clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father he feeds them are you not much more valuable than they oh come on trust in him today trust in your father today verse 32 for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need him here's what we are to do in the will of God seek first his kingdom and all his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry man do not worry you pray that prayer you have that spirit of indifference either way don't worry about your life don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own you have all of me Lord I build my life upon your word I surrender all that I am to you and I know that I can trust you with it to the faithful one you get all the praise in Jesus name in Jesus name give a great amen amen hallelujah Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.